Welcome to the Dynamax Podcast, Maine's premier powerlifting and strength sports podcast. From studios in Westbrook, Maine, with your hosts, Matt Israelson and Matt Strong. Good evening, everybody. It's our fifth podcast, live from Westbrook, Maine. I'm here with my super producer, Matt Strong, and our super-built first guest we've ever had, Emily Nodine. Yay. Hey, guys. Our very first guest. Yes. I can't talk with the headphones on. It'll mess me up. Our very first guest. Thank you for taking time out of your day and to this, do this. And this is my very first podcast, so lots very of firsts. Very first podcast. It's very excited. I'm pretty sure you were the first person to subscribe to the podcast. Yes. So <laughs> it's all, all sorts, sorts of sorts of firsts. We're making um, shit happen. We're making yeah. shit happen. So um, you thanked her for being here. I want to thank her for all the help she's given me and her husband in this gym over the past three years. You're very welcome. We love yeah. it here. Yeah. I mean, one of the few people that knows how to help run the meets, do she the scoring, can. do the spreadsheet. It's, it's not as tough as you, yeah. or it's not as easy as you would think. Yeah, you're actually, you're right. I was going to say, she's a triple threat. She's actually a quadruple threat because she can run the meets. She can do anything in the meet, but she's also about eight weeks away from a powerlifting platform, a bodybuilding stage, <laughs> or like a figure stage. So she's a quadruple threat. Quadruple All threat. that's debatable, but thank you. I believe me. I know. I know. <laughs> So So. I want to give a quick shout out to, if you're involved in powerlifting, I'm sure you're aware of this, but if you don't know, um, there is a West Side documentary being made. The trailer is super badass. I know they're running a Kickstarter right now. I think for like 40 bucks, you you could donate 40 bucks and you get some, uh, you get a copy of the movie when it comes out and you'll get a, uh, I think you'll get some behind the scenes stuff and I think you also get some instructional videos from Louie. So I, for I 40 bucks, I mean, I'm going to do it. Uh, this is obviously an unpaid uh, plug here. I just think that it's great that someone's making a movie about geared powerlifting in 2017. It's kind of insane. Well, I'll tell you why it's not even a plug. It's just, we talked about it on the first podcast. That, you know, people make fun of Arnold and made fun of Joe Weider. But we wouldn't be here without these people. They, they brought this fitness thing. Now he's bringing the he's going to bring the powerlifting thing even further to the, to the mainstream. Mm-hmm. So... It's not even really a plug. It's just another way to get powerlifting going if you don't want to compete. It's Absolutely. just another... And it exposes people to what geared powerlifting even well, is. Well, that too. That, cause, yeah, exactly. It's uh, kind, of a, uh, kind of a strange thing. So, we are a few weeks out from your meet. I think that we're four weeks away from August 5th, the, the uh, Main State Push-Pull and Bench Press Championship. So, hope everybody's training is going well. And we look forward to seeing everybody for, I don't know what it is, the 15th August year. August 5th. Yes. I'm sorry. The 15th <laughs> meet. It's yeah. August oh, 5th. Got it, got it. Excuse me. I'm glad you said that. It's, I think it's about the 14th or 15th of those that we've done. So. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, that's going to be good. There's going to be some big lifts. I am I'm, uh, anticipating it. That's awesome. So, we have, Dynamax is having a content revolution happening, I would say. We've got... The podcast, obviously. You've got remind me of the name of the guy who's helping you with the website and what what he's doing. That's Brian Harris, and the, there's a brand new website is going to launch on July 17th, and he when it does, he's got the meet down to the days, hours, and minutes. So 
we'll, you'll know by next week we'll know exactly when that meet is. That's but anyway, awesome. that's going to be one of the pieces of it. Yeah. But there's going to be a, a, uh, an online store and much more than we have now. So yep. we're going to we'll announce the launch. Uh, I don't know today's date. But it's the twelfth. Today's the twelfth. So by next week we'll be on the new website. Will be on. On the by the nineteenth we'll be on. We'll be on, on the seventeenth. It'll 17th. be on the seventeenth. That's the launch, and that's it's awesome. absolutely beautiful. I've seen the the proof or whatever you call it. Yep. And so we've got. I know that there's guys who are getting a camera so we can get YouTube going, so we can start. The listeners can start seeing the uh, your uh, workout of the week. Oh, we that, can get well, other content exercise here. of the week. Exercise yep. of the week. That's right. Um, and I want to get Snapchat on your phone so that we can. So look out for a Dynamax Snapchat. Those who use Snapchat, right? Um, I know you don't really know what Snapchat is, Maddie. Of you obviously I don't. do, right, Emily? I don't use it, but I do know. Right. I so it, it's a good way to get us out there. And she's the one that got me on Instagram. Yeah, there you go. And YouTube when I was doing it. Okay. So the content for today is our first guest, Emily Nodine. Um, right off the bat, I know the people want to know. You've explained this to me one time, and I don't really remember it. But you have an alias, Emily Steezy. Yeah, there's a long backstory to that, but essentially at some point in my life, there were pictures of me in a bikini on the internet under my real name. And I'm like a professional, so at some point I sort of grew out of that, and I didn't want that shit. Am I allowed to say shit on this podcast? Oh, yeah, you can okay, say okay. Um, I didn't want that on the internet anymore, so from there moving forward, I never put anything on the internet with my actual. With your actual Just name. because you never know smart. five to ten years down the road if you're going to be cool with that stuff being on the internet. Right. So my Facebook, my Instagram, it's just it's under an alias. It's silly. It doesn't mean anything. But right. Okay. That's what it is. All right, we already gave away your real name. That's so. fine, I'm cool with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but I noticed your, uh, so I did some research on you before oh this. which And research is very good. a uh, very professional term for saying I cruise through your Instagram for a little while. I noticed your brother has the, I think it's your brother, also is using the Steezy alias? That's my father. Your father. Okay, so it's he, caught he, on. He, he jumped on the Steezy bandwagon. Okay. So... What is so you you explain to us why you used uh, your alias? But what is Steezy? Like, is there any significance there? Or? Not really. It's a high school nickname. Um, the word Steez was very popular in the '90s. It was a term that oh, was yeah. used. You know the word Steez. I know what the word Steez. So means. when I had to come up with a nickname, like people were calling me Steezy in high school, so it, that's well, there you it. Go. So you must. It's have. not a great backstory. <laughs> hey, but there is a story. So. There you go. It's so. actually pretty funny because a lot of people in my life who I've met through the internet, they think that's my real name for a long period of time. And then they feel sort of like uncomfortable when they learn that it's not my real name. Yeah, but well, I don't know. It's just sort of like part of my identity at this point, I guess. It's almost too cool to be a real last name. Yeah, I suppose that gives it away. But in these times, it's probably just as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the way things are now on the internet. Absolutely. So it might be better that they don't have your real name. I had a, uh, I used an alias when I was trying to apply for jobs, because when I was trying to apply for jobs, it was during the Facebook revolution, you know, the first thing that they did when they wanted to hire an intern was they typed your name into Facebook Absolutely. to try to find it. Oh. So I, my, my uh, alias was Mateo Esteban Sanchez, <laughs> which some people found a little, uh, you know, insensitive, but uh, it stuck, and some people still call me Mateo. <laughs> there you go. So there it is. Um, so... We got the alias out of the way. I wanted to talk to you about, uh, you know, this is a weightlifting podcast, more or less. You've obviously powerlifted, but I know that you've been going through like a 98-week glute cycle. <laughs> um, 
So, and I also wanted to, so I know that I kind of wanted to talk to you about training, but I also wanted to talk to you about, I know that you are, you have a relationship with, uh, I think it's, is it Brett Contreras? Am Brett I, Contreras. Brett Contreras, who yep. is the glute guy. He is the glute guy. So did the glute guy get Emily Steezy into the glute training, or is it, I guess, what, what's your relationship with him? Because I know that he's kind of a, he's got sort of a... You know, a fitness, he's a fitness celebrity, I'd say. He's got over 100,000 followers on Yeah, Instagram. but he's more than a fitness celebrity. He's like a very big name in strength and conditioning research. He's, right. a, he's an he's actual a PhD, researcher. Right? right. He's a researcher. He has a PhD in butt, butt science, glute <laughs> science. Um, so, my relationship with Brett is that he has been my coach on and off for the past four years. Um, I mean, there's a lot of backstory to this, but I had been strength training just like a little bit, mostly upper body. I was really into cycling, so I didn't really do a lot of lower body strength training. And at some point I was just ready to mix it up and I came across his book. It was called Strong Curves. He wrote it with Kelly Davis and it was a book all about like how to get a better butt. <laughs> and is this for, was this aimed towards women or men? It was aimed or? towards women. It's It was essentially a physique focused program, sure. but it was physique focus via getting stronger at barbell lifts okay so it you know it, it there was a lot of heavy squats heavy deadlifts like you know heavy hip thrusts all that stuff so I had never really trained my lower body at all before at that point I was just doing cardio and it's not like I was unhappy with my physique but it was almost like oh well this seems like a new challenge right. so I sort of I dove right in it was a 12-week program um, I remember so clearly the program called for lifting four days a week. And I was like, oh my goodness, I cannot lift four days a week. How am I gonna fit in all my cardio? So I committed <laughs> to just doing 12 weeks of the program, four days a week, and after that I was just gonna go back to what I had been doing. That's you know, this was just an experiment. Um, and I don't think since I first did that program I have ever lifted less than four days a week. Like that was what got me on the strength That's what got you the bug? That's what got me the bug. And you know, I had been, like I could already bench press my body weight at that point, but I hadn't really done like serious training. Right. So how long ago was that where you found that? That was about four years ago. Um, so I did his, um, I did the program in the book. He co-wrote the book with Kelly Davis, who's another very good coach that I've worked with on and off. Um, and then they also at the time had an online program. So after I did the book, I joined his online training program and every month they would give you new workouts. You could submit form checks. It was like a very all-encompassing program. And at the time, Brett was I think he maybe had like 10,000 followers on Facebook or something. So he was kind of brand new. Right. And so the program was very small and I developed a personal relationship with him. So now like four years later, five years later, he's a very big name in the industry, but I've just known you him for a very long time. Stay tight with him. Exactly. Yep. Do you still get coaching from him? Um, I actually just started doing his program again. Um, it, it's It's been on and off. Yep. So is, is he a powerlifter, or is he just strictly, you know, the science behind it and the programming? And he's, the, he's very much like me. I know he's, he's a strong guy. He's, I've seen his, I follow him on uh, Instagram, and I know he can bench and squat and deadlift quite yeah. a bit. He's, um, he's, he's like me. He's a recreational lifter that has done a few powerlifting meets. Gotcha. So you mentioned, um, you mentioned while you were describing that that you did cycling. Uh, you were a competitive cyclist? I was a very good cyclist, but I did not do any formal competitions. Okay. And road cycling? Road cycling. I used to do a ton of hiking. Actually, my, my background before I started strength training is, I think, very typical of most women who, like, get into strength training. I was your typical cardio queen. You know, like, in college, I spent an hour a day on the damn Stairmaster, like, wasting my life away. Um, 
after that I got into you know high level cycling um, we, I was doing a lot of hiking so at least then it was like a little less focused on trying to be skinny and more focused on being an athlete but like from there it kind of transitioned into I used to like take the 15 pound dumbbells and sling them around after like an hour in a spin class and it just kind of like worked its way into be more and more of a priority over time yeah so, so oh, go ahead I was going to say, you spent an hour on the bike and 15 minutes playing around with the pink and blue dumbbells exactly. and call it a day. That was me, so I cannot trash anybody that's doing that. <laughs> no, no, don't trash them, but this is where I, I thought it would be good to have you. Is And I know, every, ladies, you can't see us. You can't see her. But she's built, and she moves weight around. And the, the big complaint I used to get... I'm flexing. You guys can't see. She's got some guns, folks. <laughs> They're great. Anyway... <laughs> The big complaint when I was in a commercial gym business was, oh, you know, I don't want to get too big. I, gosh, I would, I think I might get too big. Now, you want to say that's not going to be an issue for you, but I couldn't say that. I just say, you know, you'll look good and you'll feel good, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But Emily trains hard. She trains very hard. She's very dedicated. She looks great. She's not bulky. She's strong as hell. And she and and I wasn't kidding at the start of the show. She could go any direction she wants, ladies. If you come in and train hard and the. And the amount of weight she uses clearly hasn't made her bulky. Yeah, well, I mean, but that was me, too, because I was scared of that, too. And frankly, that's the, one of the big reasons I hadn't trained lower body before, you know, it was essentially pitched to me right. in a way that was unique in Brett and Kelly's book, was that I was scared of getting too big. I was scared of not being able to fit into my jeans. And, like, it's just, like, I think it takes a little bit of a leap of faith for women. It's all right. We have, a, we have a visitor. We have an interruption here at <laughs> Studio 308. I think it takes a little bit of a leap of faith for a woman to sort of put yourself out there and try strength training and, like, dedicate yourself to trying to add mass and to get stronger. And you're, you're sort of scared what will happen, but it is absolutely the best thing I ever did in my life. That's awesome. Adding mass to that ass. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the analogy, it's kind of a corny analogy that I've heard, is no one... No one doesn't stop themselves from driving around because they're worried about accidentally becoming a professional NASCAR driver. Correct. Do you think, honestly, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, I assume that you're probably not new to the gym, but do you really think that you could get too big? Me? Even if you tried? I mean, at this point, now I think getting big is better. Right. So, like, it's funny how... In addition to your physique changing as you start strength training, your preferences for how your physique, you want your physique to look, those change too. Right. So if my like 22-year-old self could see my almost 35-year-old physique, I'd probably be horrified because I've got a lot of lean mass and like at the time I just wanted to be skinny. Right. But now I see these women who are more built than me and I think that looks rad. It's and like I, at this point I have no concerns about getting too big. I The bigger the better as mm -hmm. far as, you know. Yeah, we could, I mean... In about eight weeks, we could do whatever you wanted if you, if you wanted to go up. Yeah, but so, I don't want to diet ever, so. No, no, I'm <laughs> talking like I'm talking food. going up, too, if you wanted to. Gotcha, yeah. But uh, I just, that was one of the big reasons I wanted her to get on here. And then, you know, if some ladies come in and see the play sometime, we, I don't know, maybe we, from here we'll do an open house, I don't know. Or yeah. we'll do a YouTube with you doing something or something so that you can see what happens with the big three lifts. Because I know you're not doing them all three right now, but. You've done them, obviously, yeah. and that's part of what you got here, the, what's going on. And she's got a lot of good-looking muscle. Absolutely. Very lean. Um, but, so it's, I mean, you've, always, you've got very lean muscle, very strong woman. Was the goal originally physique or strength? The goal was definitely physique at the beginning, but I think as 
so I, I started with a physique focused program but over time it was like I'd been strength training for a while I was moving a lot of weight around mm -hmm. and that was so much better than any progress I ever made on my physique like it was just such a cool feeling to be able to see myself move a weight that I couldn't move before and over time it's like that motivated me more than the physique changes right more gratifying to move the weight than it was to see the scale move exactly. or see the or shirt get tighter or the pants jeans get tighter or whatever whatever it be. yeah exactly and now you don't care about that not really. Yeah, but I like that. I, think I mean, great. I'm not going to lie. Like, I like to look good. I like to feel comfortable in my skin. Yes. But on a day in, day out, that that's not that's not my focus. It's yeah. like if you just lift the weights, it kind of takes care of itself. I admire that. Yeah, absolutely. That's something I've always followed is you get strong and your physique is almost a byproduct. And the, Yeah, it is. And this was, I think we on the first broadcast, we this is one of those activities you can't hide. No. I mean, you're going to get results absolutely. if you train if you train hard. So not to hijack the conversation, but this is a great segue into how I got into powerlifting. Because after so uh, after enough time, you know, doing Brett and Kelly's program and doing deadlifts and doing squats and doing bench press, like I started to see, hey, I'm pretty strong, and I started to wonder what would happen if I really committed myself to just focusing on getting stronger. You know, how far could that take me? How strong could I get? So at that point, um, Brett and Kelly, Kelly had actually done um, a powerlifting meet or two. Um, she also does figure competitions, but um, they were very supportive of the girls in the program trying this out. So Kelly introduced me to a very good powerlifting coach who was in the Boston area at the time named Jordan Syatt. He's now um, the personal trainer for Gary V. is his oh, name. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. so, um, but it, he used to be local in Boston, so I, I worked with him in person for about a year, I think, and he put me on a powerlifting program, and I was very into that, and I had great success working with him, so um, I, th I think that was important for me because I I knew how to execute the lifts. I knew how to squat. I knew how to deadlift, but what he taught me was, like, how to do the powerlifting version of sure. those lifts because there's a lot of nuances there, like how to set up for the lift, how to get tight, like, essentially the technique of how to do a one rep max, so that was Absolutely. hugely valuable for yeah. me. So this was like 2013 or 2012-ish? Let's see, when did I move to Maine? It was two years ago now, so this was starting like two and a half to three years ago. Okay. That's so I, I stopped working with him when I when I moved away and came to Maine. So when when was your first powerlifting meet? My first powerlifting meet was the push-pull two years ago. Okay. The woman's only one? No. No, two years ago, just, we, we do one every <laughs> August. Okay. And I was not planning to do the push-pull. As far as I was concerned, we can get into this later, but I'm not that into doing competitions. It's not so competitive? I'm very competitive with myself, but I'm not that into like doing formal competitions. Okay, so I was fine. doing the powerlifting training just to see how strong I could get, and for all I knew, I was never going to even do a meet. But Matt was very encouraging, and I was like the new girl in the gym, and it was really cool to be part of a community, and Matt really encouraged me like, hey, there's this push-pull, it's the first, it's like a really good meet for your first meet. So I sort of bit the bullet, and I did it, and I had an I had a really good meet that day. It was like a huge success. It was like an awesome. Did you pull up right around three hundred? I pulled two seventy five. Okay, right. but that was a PR for me at the time. Yeah. I was pretty happy. I think I I think I benched um, one thirty seven or yeah. something. Did you attempt three hundred? No, I no. At, I attempted three hundred in the last meet. That's and right. I failed okay. it. Okay. I still haven't done it for All the right. record. You will. So did you go six for six on your first push pull? I did. It was like a huge success. Yeah, she my, had a great day. My, you know, Jordan coached me through it. He helped me pick my attempts. Like it was just everything went smoothly and my body cooperated and it was good. 
And so that was a, a few years ago. You, you got your name on the board here. I still have my name on the board because there's no one else in my weight class. But Well, I don't see that deadlift <laughs> going anywhere for a while. Eh, we'll see. So, I mean, 300 pounds, like 130-ish, right? Uh, yeah, 133 yeah, 30, yeah. yeah, One of the only places where it's acceptable to ask a woman who played is <laughs> a powerlifting right. gym. I, uh, I, don't, I think that, um, obviously, your bench is on the move right now, too. Yeah, you just yeah, hit like 155, I, right? Yeah, I just hit 155 in the gym, which I know. It was nice and clean. Out. I saw it, folks. Um, but I I, I kind of, like, have been focusing on bench for a little while, so that's cooperating right you. now. I'm doing the same thing after I bombed out. You got it. It's like I gotta get good at it now. So <laughs> doing everything I can to get that well, number up. Well, benching's my favorite lift. I've always really? been sort of naturally inclined to it. I mean, I could bench press my body weight when I was a bro lifter in the gym. I didn't even know how to arch. I didn't know how to do anything. Flat but back, like, get down. Oh yeah, but like I think I I did like a eight week training cycle and like I I, I think I weighed like one twenty five at the time. I like put up one twenty five. No problem. So I know you can't see her, everybody. She's got the delts and the triceps. They're they're just there. So the bench is gonna go. Yeah, and I mean. For, I know that for a lot of women, benching a plate is a huge benchmark. And yeah. It sounds like you could pretty much do that right off the bat, more or less. Uh, no. You had to. So no, I remember the first time I benched a plate and I put it up four times. Really? Was that here? <laughs> no, that oh. was back at my commercial yeah. gym. It was shortly after I had started powerlifting, so I was like putting in a lot more bench volume, mm -hmm. and it was the first time I had like really tried to like push myself after you know after doing the work for a little while. And I was like, let's see if I can bench 135. And I threw it up four times. And I was like, what the fuck? It was like, it was an awesome, awesome feeling. I can, I mean, that is a, quite the anomaly for women to put up a plate. Never mind four times. <laughs> yeah, but every, you know, everybody has their lift. Like my squat is comparatively very weak. I just happen to be very good at benching. So it's not, I'm not trying to diminish the work I've put in, but I am naturally inclined to yeah, it. I and pull-ups, I can, you know, my pull-ups are very strong. If you it's look at her, I mean, if you look at that through here, right, you know she's going to bench. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, Their delts, you know, they're all... It's oh, yeah, there. very defined upper body, clearly very yeah. strong. So, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm impressed with the bench, but you're, it's there for you. Were you, Thanks. um... I'm like, very impressed with it, don't... don't. <laughs> I'm not saying it was easy. It was, it, I, just woke, it I, I just woke up like this right, and the plates went up, yeah. That's... People, I think some people think that. But so, kind of speaking of that, when you were younger, pre-cycling, pre-lifting, were you genetically good at sports? Kind of. Uh, Did you do the track or I think softball I, I think or I anything was, as a kid? So I think I was g genetically pretty athletic, but I was never that great at sports. Like I did gymnastics, um, but like I, I wasn't good with like softball. I, I don't know. I, I was strong, but I. Maybe I'm not coordinated. I don't really know. Um, I did go to sort of a weird high school. It's a ski academy. It's called Carabasset Valley Academy. Yeah, CVA. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, don't, I guess this so is this is a main podcast, so maybe people I've know heard of that. It. Yeah. Um, so the benefit that I got from that, it's like for very competitive skiers and snowboarders. I was not one of them. I don't really know why I was there. Uh -huh. But what I got out of that was I learned how to train. So as Regardless a 15-year-old girl, I was in the weight room with a bunch of dudes, with a coach, being taught how to, to lift weights. So I wish I could have said I stuck with that ever since high school. I definitely didn't. Um, but I think that did give me an advantage because a lot of women just struggle with this whole, like, being intimidated to go in the weight room thing. 
And I never dealt with that because, you know, when I decided to start getting back into lifting weights, I felt confident. I felt like I knew what I was doing. I mean, you guys know me. I kind of just have that personality. Like, I don't really care anyway. But I... I never had to get over that hurdle. You were never intimidated by navigating a gym, which I, guys, I mean, I had that huge when I first started lifting weights. I mentioned in the very first podcast that I started in the uh, the circuit area, and it was because I literally had no idea what to do anywhere else. I would be in the circuit area watching. I would just try to find the biggest dude at the gym, see what he did. I didn't know what the name of the lifts were. I just tried to mimic what they did. And that was, I learned very informally, and where it seems like you had more of a formal gym upbringing, basically. Right. But there's no shame in that. Like, you got to start somewhere. Like, everybody has to start somewhere. So I always try to encourage people who feel really insecure. Like, look, nobody really knows what they're doing anyway. Like... Half the bros at the gym are bullshitting in themselves. And nobody's paying attention to you. It's just not a big deal. Like, just, yeah. you got you got to yeah, start somewhere. That's one of the things. I, I, I Just human nature, you think everybody's looking at you. Oh, yeah. And they're, mostly they're not. Right. You know, what's funny, too, is when you lift with headphones on, and you're in your own little world, I feel like that's it, that makes that feeling worse. Because you're in your own little world, yeah. you, and when you see anyone kind of looking at you, you're like, oh, man, are they judging me? Are they... But where you, in this type of environment where, you know, if I see you, if you're, you know, you're not afraid to come up to me and say, are you, like, can I work in on this bench or can I work into the monolift or whatever it may be. Whereas if you've got the headphones on, it makes that interaction that much harder. Or that much more awkward because you got to, you know, kind of tap someone on the shoulder or wait till they're looking at you to get a spot or to see if you can work in or whatever it may be. So I can imagine that when you were 15, no one was walking around with headphones on at the gym, right? I don't know. I don't think we had headphones. I didn't want to say that. I mean, I'm pretty old. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't remember that much about it. I just remember no I did walking. I did some basic stuff. I learned how to bench press. Like I do the lap. Pull. I don't even know what I did, but I did enough to feel good about. Yeah, you had some foundation. Work. Your typical exactly. strength training that they would, you know, maybe cleans or box squats or who knows. Right. So, your first powerlifting meet was in 2013-ish, something like that. 2012, 2013-ish. Yeah, maybe fifth, fifteen. Fifteen, I think. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, just two years ago. Man, that doesn't seem. That seems like. Was closer to two years ago. But anyways, <laughs> when was your most recent powerlifting meet? My most recent powerlifting meet was was it a year ago, May? You did a full meet. I did a full meet. Right. Yeah, I've done three. I've done one push pull and two full meets. Um, the last one I did was Matt's meet in May. Yep. Um, I had a horrible day. It was a horrible day. What went wrong? <sighs> Everything. <laughs> so so like I said, I don't love competing. Um. I let the stress get to me. So, like, leading up to the meet, I was losing weight. I was weighing in at, like, 127 for, like, the 132-pound weight class and losing weight going into the meet. Just because you are stressed out? I, I think so. It's, like, I just... It wasn't intentional, but it was, like, I wasn't eating enough because I was stressed. I was training really hard. Like, things were not going well. I think I peaked, like, two weeks before the meet. So... Actually, it was really cool. I have this huge group of friends that I met online through Brett and Kelly's program, and, like, five of them came up to Maine to compete at the meet with me. So that was really cool. So I have this, like, huge group of friends coming to Maine to stay with me, and, like, because that's what my kind of girls weekend, we, like, hang out and lift heavy weights. Um, And I don't know. My squat went kind of okay. Um, My bench press, I hit my opener, and I just bombed out. I had hit 150 in training, Mm -hmm. and I was failing, like, 143 in my second and third attempts. Um, deadlift, all I wanted for that meet was to hit 300 pounds on the deadlift. 
and I had hit 290 in training pretty smooth and it just it just wasn't going it out fell that day. Apart. yeah so looking back on it you were stressed out um, what do you think you could have done to prevent the stress so I'm not sure well, what was the what, I mean were you nervous because were you nervous that you weren't going to do as good as you thought you were? I just wanted that like you 300. Were let yourself down type of a thing. I wanted the 300 so bad that I let it like completely fuck with my head. And like, if I had just gone in there and done the best I could on that day, I think I would have had way more success than like being focused on that number for months ahead of time. I hear you. Um, so I think what I would do differently, and I've been saying this for a while, if I decide to compete again, which life is long, I plan to be in this sport a long time. I'm sure I will. Um, I'm never going to decide to compete six months out. I will, you know, ease into it, see if my body's cooperating, see where my lifts are at. When I'm like, you know, six to eight weeks out, maybe I'll start a peaking cycle. But planning ahead doesn't seem to work well for me. Really? So it's almost the, the more you have, more time you have to think about it, the more it's going to get to your head. Maybe. I just need to be better at, like, going with the flow and, like, if things are working, maybe I'll jump into a competition. Um, I don't know. Bodies are weird. You know how it is. It's like sometimes you're injured. Sometimes you're just overly fatigued. Sometimes, you know, your life outside of the gym is stressful and that brings down your training. It's just there's a lot of variables that you can't control. Rhythms change. Exactly. So, Maddie, what I'm curious, after hearing that, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are in that situation where it's kind of like... You know, they are strong as hell. They they got the body. You know, yeah. they got the body. They got the ma- They got the muscle. Yeah. But maybe it's it's the mentally the competition messes with them. How would you recommend? You know, as a coach, I was just about to go back. to, I think the second or third podcast. I don't. Somebody had a question. This might work for you if you ever decide. Okay. Those little mini peaks. I think the guy had nine weeks to go. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Just grab three little mini peaks on all three lifts. See if you can time it up towards the meet. Hit a peak on each lift. If it went, if it goes well, well, I can tell you how it how it goes. But mm-hmm. anyway, just percentages. We just back it off, re-peak each little peak. You get a little more on that last lift, and then the last, the last little subset of three weeks. The last week is not a peak. It's going to be the fourth week, and it's the meat. Okay. And that way, you could plan as many months as you want, and you won't be going, "Oh my God, there's ten weeks left to this program." There isn't. There's just three weeks. Okay, right. and then I'm going to start another three weeks. And then I'm going to start another three weeks. Yeah, and yeah. just to be clear, like, that I'm, works I'm well. always training to get stronger. I'm yeah. always, but but I'm not necessarily on, like, a regimented peaking program. Right. No, and there's no need the to be. There's no need to be right. uh, unless you decide, oh, there's a meet on that calendar I'm looking for. And then if you want, I'll, yeah, I could just show you that. But whatever. Okay, great. You know, that's it's really interesting because so I did... Coming off the last meet, I was not happy with my performance personally, and I did an 18-week prep. So the fact that I did, I put 18 weeks. It's heartbreaking. Know, it, it is. It's, it's heartbreaking. It's, I mean, it's like a third of a year. Yeah. To <laughs> not get the results that you were looking for, and I was, you know, I was gunning so hard for the 600-pound deadlift and a 560 squat, and I got absolutely murked on. Both of them. Yeah. Because I was hunting for those numbers. Exactly. Like, because I had in my mind that I could do that. And, I mean, I just hit 555 squat now, and I feel much stronger now than I did back then. And I was going for 562 or something, whatever it works out. I think that's 250 kilos. Um, and it's, it's, it is heartbreaking. That's, that's the, the only way to put it. Yeah. And the whole you know, part of the group kind of fell apart. Um, huh. 
we got some more people, and I think there'll be people coming back, but it, it was devastating. Right. To put all that work in, to not get the results that you feel you deserve, but you really don't. It's not that you deserve them. It's just that you. Well, no, you try to earn, you try to earn. You're them. trying to earn them, but exactly. If you don't run it 18 weeks like that, you won't feel that. I mean, you your head, your head can't even take it. Never mind your body. Right. You just can't keep doing it. So if you just break it up, just keep breaking it up. Three weeks, two weeks, whatever you want for little peaks. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can't go past three weeks anyway and gain. You just start going backwards anyway. So three weeks is really the limit. Right. So one thing that I was just thinking about, do you think, what if you competed more? So that, what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is so you, you do the mini peak method, but at the end of the mini peaks, you're competing. And now being on stage, uh, being on the platform is less of a, a big deal. Yeah. You think that that would, you think that being comfortable on the platform, I, I can't help but think that that is a you big know, piece she, of it. She, she hasn't loved it so far, so, you know, you got the bug for here, you just don't have the bug for the getting Yeah, up. and you know, even when I was like ski racing in high school, I loved to ski, but I didn't love the races. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just not my thing. She and loves so the training. I love the training, and, and you know, I'll always try to get stronger, but I think m- the shift in my attitude is that like, getting stronger is a little more broad than just one rep max squat deadlift um, bench. I love pull-ups. I love getting stronger at, you know, so there's just so much out there in the world of strength training that like I'm sure I'll come back to squat, bench, and deadlift at some point in my life, but it's just kind of not what motivates me right now. Okay. So before we get off the topic of squat, bench, and deadlift, what are your best squat, bench, and deadlift? Oh man. Okay. So... Gym, let's go for whatever, in, let's go whatever, for in yeah. training. Uh, so I've hit a, a 215 squat in um, I think that was in a meet and then my best bench just happened a couple weeks ago that was 155 um, and then uh, my best deadlift in training is 290. All of those are around body weight of 128 to 132 ish. So folks that is a lot of weight for a woman that size. Yeah that's very I mean that's it's power. Well, I'm I'm in this weird zone. It's like for your for your recreational lifter, I'm pretty strong. But like if you look at actual competitive power lifters my size, like there's always somebody way stronger than you. Well, of course, there, I mean there's the Jen Thompsons that are gonna bench three fifteen. Exactly. And, you so know. when I you know I don't think of myself as somebody who's strong because I follow all these power lifters who are like right so much stronger but, than but me. You're but following the top five percent of the lifters now. If we could go across the city of Portland, probably a lot of the state. Those gym lifts you gave us, aren't, nobody's going to be close to those. Right. So she's she's in a good spot. If she ever takes a turn, you do whatever you want. You know, just enjoy it. And you will be successful if you do it, though. And really my goal is, like, I want to be one of those people that's deadlifting when they're 80. And I have a lot of years to get there. So <laughs> to me, it's more important to stay motivated and to love training than it is to, like, accomplish one specific thing. Yeah, because, there is, like I said, you, the head will go before the body. If you if you just decide to get into this, so when you're you you want to deadlift when you're eighty, when you're doing your programming, how far out are you looking? Are you looking at six weeks, sixty weeks? You know, like how? It just do you really ever look depends. at it by a year? I mean, do you just or do you kind of no, like so you've got a program and then you're going to follow it until it's over and then you're going to do another one? I'm not that structured with my periodizing. Like I just did four months of like a hypertrophy style training. Um, and now I'm transitioning back into like more of a strength focused. So I do mix it up, but I don't, I don't, I'm, there's nothing specific I'm trying to accomplish down the road. So I don't, I'm not strategic about it. Okay. I suppose I could afford to be more strategic. You're just trying to, accompl- you're just trying to keep accomplish, uh, keep 
accomplishing, if that makes well, sense. Well, you just did sure. a really strategic bench, I think. Right? I mean, that's Yeah, that's and I, I actually, I love working on one lift at a time. That's part of, part of my problem with powerlifting. Trying to work on three lifts at once is very overwhelming for yeah, me, yeah. which I know is probably like sacrilege to say in this room. Yeah. Um, but so what I did for that is I just focused on my bench strength, and then with it, I just did like a volume program for everything for the else. Other so two. I wasn't yeah. doing heavy deadlifts. I wasn't doing heavy squats. I was just focusing on my bench and just doing yeah. essentially bro shit for the rest of my training. <laughs> I love bro shit. Yeah, bro <laughs> shit is what I mean that's what really got me it was arm day shoulder day back day leg day chest day obviously yeah. and I wash rinse repeat until I, I literally that was it you know I knew that Monday was gonna be I actually did legs on Monday because I knew when I was in school that all the bros were gonna be taking <laughs> up the bench on Monday so I would always try to do uh, squat on Monday or legs yeah. on Monday but uh, that was probably very effective for your untrained 18-year-old body. Like, oh, you absolutely. probably got results doing that. So but when I was... At when that I, age, you're going to respond. Oh, yeah, huge. Like, you're like, still growing. I yeah, mean, literally, like, you're... I was. I don't think I was going through puberty, per se, but I was literally still growing mentally and physically. Right. Um, I didn't start really doing that um, type of lifting until I was probably, like, a junior, I would say. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really... I mean, that's when it went from the guy who kind of lifts to a guy who's one of the stronger guys, you know. Right. Um, but, uh, back to Emily. So, when we talked about the big three. Mm -hmm. There's one specific lift that when I see it down, I almost always think of you. Oh, boy. It's the hip thrust. Mm -hmm. You talk, so going back to the glute topics. Yeah. It's, you, you said you just came off a, a four, was it four month or four week? I'm sorry, hypertrophy? Yeah, four months. And that was, I know there was a lot of glutes in there. And I know that it's like, is the, you, oh, you come back to the glutes, it seems. Is that a, is that a common? I, I wish I could explain it because I know I have a reputation in this gym as being like the, the person one. who trains glutes. Um, I don't have a great explanation for it other than I just like training glutes. It just, I mean, so, I like training arms, so, you know? Right. So here's the thing. On a woman, my my perspective is the bigger the better. So, like, I'm fine with the way my butt looks, but, like, it could be bigger. So I'll train glutes. The other thing is it's a very, like, metabolically expensive muscle to train because it's very large and you can move a lot of weight. So if you train if you spend a lot of your training on glutes you know it's great for burning fat it's great for staying lean um, and you can eat a lot after there you go and i like <laughs> to eat a lot but also think about it like this everybody that if you're listening if her, when her glutes are developed and healthy her lumbars are going to be too okay so that piece of our body it's the center of everything when your low back's bugging you everything stinks okay so she's kind of injury proofing herself which is something i wanted to go into in the future but You've injury-proofed your back pretty much. Mm -hmm. You haven't had much back trouble lately, right? Ne never, no. Okay. She trains her glutes like mad. And at the same time, you're getting your low back. Yeah. So okay. I, I was at... Sorry. Yeah. So this is the, that's the center of everything. It's the center of the squat. It's the center of the deadlift. It's the center of being a football player or a skier, whatever you were doing. Mm -hmm. It's just what you train all the time. So I don't know if you had back trouble before. No. Did you once? No. Or, Okay. But you're definitely not going to now. Not going to now. No, your, your back should be very healthy just by virtue of the other the movements you're doing. Mm -hmm. 
The other thing I like about training glutes is it is very technically challenging. Um, a lot of people have trouble getting their glutes to activate. Um, there's so many different ways you can train glutes, and to me, it's just like I like the technical side of lifting and trying out new exercises and hitting my glutes from a different angle and just like sort of figuring out how can I get this muscle to work. To me, like the it's more challenging to train glutes in that way than like shoulders. Maybe just because I don't do shoulders that much, but. It's very complex. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I see you're always posting on Instagram. I mean, exercises that I've never seen people do before with bands and different combinations. Um, what is the? Where do you find? Are you kind of? Are you kind of shooting from the hip sometimes? Where you're like, you know, I could feel this. I could activate my glutes better if I had a reverse band when I did these RDLs or whatever it may be. How do you kind of develop your new glute exercises? So that's a great question. Um, so the, the bodybuilding program I just did, it's called Epic Ass. It, it, I knew it had something to it, glute. Right? <laughs> I mean, I trained glutes six days a week for four months. So it was a little much. Um, but it was, that program was in, it was a beta test program by Kelly Davis, who's the woman mm -hmm. who, the coach that I've been working with since I started working with Brett. Um, so she was just trying this out on a small group of people and I was part of that test group. Um, so I get a lot of ideas through her program. She is like, she has gone off and just like come up with all this cool stuff, but I do a lot of just tinkering on my own. So right. I'll start with an exercise that's prescribed or I'll learn a new exercise or I'll see something on Instagram and I'll try it out. But like glute training is very personal. So you need to like play around with the angles and like different exercises and see what works for you. So a lot of times I'll take an exercise that I saw and like make a variation on it that works. Just a little for tweak me. and it works better for you. Right. And that's part of the fun for me is just like experimenting and learning about your body and all that. So uh, we talked about a YouTube. Yes. So I think then what we, if you want, if you can't, if you feel like doing it at some point, we'll do a couple of YouTubes on some of the stuff you do. Because sure. I've, I've tried to hand it on to a couple of people and I didn't have a lot of luck. I don't know, you helped me one day with somebody. So I'd like to tie that into a couple of YouTube things. Because one of the reasons I, we wanted to have you on is we have a lot of women here for a gym this size. Mm -hmm. But I would like to see more. And... When they see you, they're going to say, all right, she's not bulky. She knows how to train her glutes, you know. Yeah, and I almost think that glute training could be like the gateway drug it to is. women lifting weights. It is well, the gateway drug. I absolutely agree with that. So I think that it's that's very trendy right now. Very so that's trendy. that's where I'd like to go with this maybe if you're yeah. up for it. Because, you know, you could say like, okay, you know, what, you know, a woman's first thing in the gym. What's your goal? If you know, if it's not losing weight, it's probably working on the glutes. I get a bigger butt. Right, exactly. And Which is funny because fifteen new. years ago nobody cared about that. There was always oh you gotta get this down. Right. Yeah, That's absolutely. what I always heard. Right. But in a way it's like I know that like body hang ups are body hang ups, yeah. but I still think it's like a less destructive body hang up to want to get a bigger butt than to like care about trying to get skinny, right? Right, yeah, but it, it is absolutely new. We're moving new. in the right direction, people. It, it's absolutely new. Right, and even if you're not trying to, you know, you could be not trying to lose weight and just trying to get a, you know, you could be a larger woman and still work on getting right. a stronger, healthier glutes. Yep. So, that's an idea. That just gave me another spinoff of the YouTube. Yeah. I'm, I'm always up for talking about glute exercises, I thought Matt, you would so, okay. you know, just holler. I thought you would. <laughs> and it seems like you, I mean, you obviously have the passion for it, and you have the knowledge for it. You've, you've taken something you've learned, applied it, and it worked. 
Yes, I have, and I have worked with some very good coaches over the year that have really taught me a lot. So I'm pretty well educated at this point. Back to the hip thrusters. Mm -hmm, yeah. Is that like your favorite one? Favorite no. Move? So I actually, so I had not done barbell hip thrusts in like six months until this week. Um, it just got to the point. I was doing like 400 pounds for reps. I know it was crazy. It, it's it was crazy. Um, and it just got to the point that I got tired of loading the bar. <laughs> I mean, you put hundreds on. Right, right. On. And yeah. it's like, I mean, this is what women don't understand. Like, you can get really strong. Um, so I kind of just dialed it back and I was really focusing more. Like, I've been doing a lot of just dumbbell hip thrusts and stuff. Um, kind of like a time under tension versus yes, a max effort. Yes, exactly. And you can get a really good workout using a very light weight if you just sort of like focus on keeping the muscle contracted and like working through a good range of motion. So that's what this bodybuilding program was more like all about. Um, what was your question? It was uh, it was asking if hip thrust was your favorite glute exercise, oh, but no, definitely not. Um, I think what you brought up a good point that if you're a woman and you're looking to increase or grow your glutes, mm -hmm. I would have to think. I mean, if I'm a bodybuilder trying to grow my biceps and I'm trying to do, I'm not going to do sets of five on curls with 135. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be doing sets of 30 with 20 pound dumbbells, nice and slow. Does that kind of carry over? Or it's obviously a little bit of both. Yeah, it's definitely both. So I would say if you want to grow your glutes, the barbell hip thrust is like a must. There are so many other glute exercises, but like that is most directly the exercise that's going to get your glutes strong. So I think it's really important to use a variety of rep ranges because first of all, you need to get your glutes stronger so that when you do that like volume work, you can use more weight. So I think just doing the volume work, you're kind of going to spin your wheels because you're never actually increasing your strength. For me, the reason I sort of was leaning more towards the volume work recently is because my glutes were already so strong. Like at, at some point you can hip thrust 400 pounds. Like, do I really care about hip thrusting 450 pounds? No, it hurts to put that weight on my lap. So, yeah, it takes so for myself, minutes to load the bar. right. But I think for a beginner, you really, your focus should be on getting those glutes stronger. And then maybe the <coughs> accessory work would be the volume work. So for a beginner, say a, a woman's first, you know, month in the gym, what would be a good rep range to try to hit? Like eight sets of three or t three sets of ten or like how, how would you? Both of those. Both. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Sorry. Sorry. It's no, I think for hip thrusts, I would say reps of or sets of six reps and above is probably better. Um, I don't think you need to go really heavy, um, you know six to 15 maybe is good um, as the primary lift. Um, I, don't, I don't like going heavy on hip thrusts. Okay. I don't know. It's just, it's, it, it becomes awkward. You're over it? I mean, I'll, I'll do heavy sets of six or something, but I don't need to do one rep maxes. I don't, it just, it's not one of those exercises that works well in that super low rep range. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't seem to be to me. It would be something like six and above. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. A couple of reps isn't gonna. And it's honestly, I mean, maybe all exercises are like this to some extent, but it's one of those exercises that I think it's more important to get the muscle to activate than it is to just move the weight. So it's like, you know, do it in a slow and controlled way. Um, focus on the eccentric. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that you necessarily need to just load up the barbell to get a lot out of it. Would it be right to say you could move that weight the wrong way, like you can do the squat the wrong way with the wrong muscles? And not, um, and not activate your glutes? Would that be correct? I think one of the benefits of that exercise is yeah. that it's pretty hard to do it without okay. using your glutes. Right. Um, you can definitely get a little more quad into it. I was it. just going to say. If you um, but, yeah, I, 
there there are better and worse ways to do it. Okay. But it's kind of there's there's only one muscle that can lift okay. the bar up right. on your lap. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're 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 almost at fifty minutes here. There's I want to ask you a question here. Mm -hmm. You're a very smart woman. You have your master's in mechanical engineering, which we did not mention. Really quickly. Can you explain it, what it is you do? Kind of like the elevator <laughs> oh. pitch? Because it's really interesting. So I do research on um, vehicle safety technologies. So, so what that means is it's like the fancy stuff that you're seeing in cars now, like the lane departure warning. Um, there's like the car will stop automatically if somebody's stopping in front of you. So I work for the U.S. Department of Transportation, and we do studies to try to figure out, do these systems actually help prevent crashes, or are they just convenience features. Sure, so you're not working for Chevy or Ford, you're working for kind of like a third, not a, almost a third party to see like are these systems even doing anything. Right, and the reason we do the research for the most part is that um, the government uses that to figure out should we regulate this technology, should we require it in all vehicles. So like it's like the cost. Cameras. Exactly, that's the perfect example. So it's the cost benefit analysis of what is the benefit of this technology compared to what is the cost. Gotcha. So the real question that I had, and I think this is a question that I asked Maddie to end our very first podcast, but what are two things that you've learned in the last few years that you think everybody should know? Oh man, see, I had no idea what we were even going to talk about today. You should give me these questions so I can have He's articulate tough. answers. <laughs> no, come on, um, just I'm off the top. Okay, so in... This is fitness related, but that's fitness where my head's at related, right now. Right. Um, so in the recent program that I just did, I learned how to get a really good workout um, in ways other than just adding weight to the bar, which at somebody of my level, my training age, if you will, it becomes very taxing on your body to just add more and more and more weight to the bar. So I learned a lot of different techniques, a lot of new exercises. Um, so that's one. What was the question? Give me two. So it doesn't something have to important be, I learned in the last two that, years that you think that everybody should know or be aware oh, of. And it doesn't um, have to be fitness related. It could be business. It could be health. It could be nutrition. It could be sure. Well, a big change in my life in the last couple of years is that my husband and I picked up. We were living in Boston. We're both engineers. We had really good jobs there, and we moved to Maine. Um, the reason we did that is because we were just living in the city because that's where our high-paying jobs were, and we didn't want to like be in that rat race. So we figured out. Let's figure out something, somewhere we want to live, and let's figure out how to build a life there. So we sort of like, Michael quit his job, we moved here to Maine, I was lucky enough to be able to keep my job, um, but we kind of started over, and it was really hard, like making friends as an adult is really hard. I'm from Maine originally, so I thought it was going to be like moving back to my hometown, but when you come back as an adult, it's very different, um, but it was so worth it. So it's one of those things that it's just like short-term loss and a lot of pain and a lot of stress for this like long-term gain and a better life. So a big leap. It, it's a big leap. So I don't know if that really answers your question directly, but it was sort of like it was every time I have this like realization, like, oh my gosh, we're doing so much better here. It's just like reinforcing like you got to just like suck it up and do what makes sense for your life. It's a very cliche term, but it, it sounds is. like that you have carved your own path in a sense. You and Mike figured out that, okay, this is what we're doing now, and we don't necessarily like that, so we're going to change that. And you made it real, and you made it happen. Right, and we're still working on it, obviously, but it would have just been so easy to, like, just stay on that wheel and buy the stupid $900,000 two-bedroom condo in Cambridge, and, you know, like, that's what all our peers were doing, and it's, we just kept looking at it, like, this isn't what we want, but it's not always easy to 
deviate when you're of on course. that. You're in that cycle. Yeah, well, it I mean, becomes attractive. I can't even imagine. I mean, at this point, if I were to try to, I mean, I've got an engineering job. It's pretty well paying. I kind of can't imagine jumping ship per se yeah. at this point. It's very hard to uh, hard to imagine. My girlfriend did it recently. She was working an office job. She didn't like it, so she became. She wanted to be in the gym, and she did what it took to make that happen. And I have so much respect for her for doing that. I think it's super cool. Yeah, and I. Uh, I'm rocking an Iron Will Strength uh, Studio T-shirt right now. Plug, I, plug for Iron Will. Yeah, quick uh, plug for Iron Will. He's a nice guy. Shout out to Scott Bauman. He's the man. I really respect him for allowing Lauren to be able to make yeah. that move. Um, but if I hadn't moved to Maine, I couldn't train at Dynamax. I just and Dynamax say, is so awesome. I was just going to say, you walked <laughs> in the door here when she got here. I don't know how long you've been here, but... Just over two years, because I just noticed our gym membership. I was going to say, you're on two oh. boards right now. One board that everybody wants to be on, and one board that nobody wants to be there on. Oh, the big board. I call it big. <laughs> but anyway, I just realized also, she um, is going to be judging the push-pull uh, coming up. She's a tested judge now. Oh, a- you're official. A- APF official. I'm an official. It's going to be my first meet. Yep. So can I fine. weigh in the day of? No. <laughs> See, <it's, Yeah. laughs> if there's anybody who's not going to mess around, it's her. I yeah. mean, I'm a very, like, left-brained engineer. I, was, I like rules, so I, I'm like, Matt, the rule book says this. And I said, well, <laughs> that's what it's going to be then, because I'm not messing with her. <laughs> yeah, but coming to Dynamax has been one of, like, the awesomest things that Michael and I did in this transition back to Maine, just because it's, like... I mean, part of the reason I joined is I was really into powerlifting, and it had all the equipment I need, and it didn't have all the equipment I didn't, didn't need, need, and it just... But, like, it's a community, and that's part of the reason we came here. We're into that small gym thing, and it's been a, it's been a great thing for us. We love being part of this well, gym. Well, I love having you. Um, I, I thanked them at, at the beginning because they've done a lot for the gym, both of them, and I, and I really meant it. Um, and now that you're an official, that's another big... It's just another... I was telling him about the stress of the meets. It's just another piece of stress off my mind. I have another right. official. Okay. Plus, you know, she knows how to do the computer for the. It's just right. you know how a powerlifting meet's supposed to run, which and I think a, that lot a lot of people don't know. It's just it's another a thing I don't have to with. think about. So. But what if I get confused about which is the red light and which is the white light? I'm really Somehow nervous. Somehow I don't think it will. I don't know. I might. Somehow you know, I think that's gonna go away. <laughs> Should we get the paddles instead? Yeah. It's like not a satisfying. No, nah, we're not going to take it back 30 years. I feel, like I, I feel like I might need to practice. We'll, we'll give you a little clicker. To okay. Yeah, we'll give you some. Uh, well, I'll do some bad lifts, some good lifts. You can give me that. You can, I would appreciate all that. All right, we can do that. All right, five minutes left in this podcast. All right. We know that Emily Steezy, super strong, with the alias, the glute lord. Um, there's one other thing that I think that may define you. Would you consider yourself a crazy cat lady? Oh yeah. So oh you- yeah. I mean, I'm um, I'm gonna be 35 tomorrow. I don't have tomorrow? children. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, happy, happy birthday. birthday! Thanks. Um, I don't have children. Perfect timing. Yes. I'm not interested <laughs> in having children. I don't know. I'm just not wired that way. And so, like, all those maternal instincts need to go somewhere. So I just I have two cats and I'm a little crazy. You've got the cat backpack. I was somebody sending me a video that. You yeah, I have a backpack I can put my cat in, but I I feel like it's. I don't like to take her for walks. I think walks. it's kind of fucked up, too. It's fucked up, but I only... I mean, I use it to take her to the vet. Oh, okay. Like, it's just a cat-carrying case. It's just There's almost, a video you got that my client sent that you have to see before you go. Okay. Of a cat. It's like... It's it's better than a... I can't think of the... Like a pen. Or oh, a, yeah. A like, pen, uh, I mean... I have to walk to the vet, and it's very... It's just practical. Like, it was too heavy to carry two crates, so I have one backpack. 
one bag. It's got kind of like the uh, submarine bubble in it. So yeah, you guys, if you out. check out my Instagram, scroll down, you'll see the cat backpack. It makes him look like an astronaut. It's pretty adorable. You, you go to that, uh, the vet on Brackett Street? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it makes I, the, I grew up in her neighborhood. Oh, so. okay. It makes the cats look cute and it makes you look crazy. I'm fine with that. I have, <laughs> I have no shame about my crazy cat lady what status. I love about her. Yep. She doesn't give a shit about <laughs> anything. That's what I like. <laughs> All right, so where can the uh, where could the people find you? Well, my Instagram is emily.steezy. That's pretty much it. I don't have a lot of like things. Okay. No. I don't have like a YouTube or a No. So but you know, another reason I want we wanted her, you is we have a lot of women here again. I already said this. For a gym this size, I would, I'd like to get more and I want it just as as one of the examples cuz there's there's a bunch of women here that do a bunch of good things. Just as an example, of training like this and not getting bulky and not I can't believe you said I'm not bulky Matt I feel super swole you, she is swole I feel <laughs> super swole let me reiterate I want to be bulky she's jacked okay good okay. jacked tan <laughs> jacked tan her, her biceps are like forget about it anyway uh, maybe through YouTube or maybe like I said we'll do an open house after this web launch I don't know something where we can come in, come in and meet a bunch of us all yeah, right, I so you you know what I've been bragging about on this thing because you can't see her. So yeah, I, your Instagram is a very I think it's a good resource. Honestly, if you were looking for different glute ideas, do glute training ideas. Yeah. Um, your posts are generally you've got a nice little blurb in there. It's kind of telling what's going on. One thing I also love about uh, your Instagram is that it's one of the only Instagrams that shows Dynamax lifting. That's not. 600 pound squats and 700 pound benches <laughs> and it's you, you get to see all the other corners of Dynamax and the different ways to use the, the equipment yeah I haven't been posting as much fitness stuff on my Instagram I go through phases where I'm like really excited to share that stuff and I go through phases where I'm not but it'll always be at least part of that feed awesome well thank you again so much for being on there for coming on here today um Maddie do you have anything else any other questions um or anything else you'd like to wrap up? Obviously, the meet, again, is August 5th. August 5th, I got um, the new sponsors. Where's my... Oh, yes. Glasses? Can you see I them? got them. All right. I just want to mention the fact that we have a new sponsor. But first, we're still Prompto, Oil Change. He's a, a loyal member here. Atlantic Plumbing and Heating, a loyal member. And we've just added Ripley and Fletcher Ford, who is the dad of one of our loyal members. Uh, those are our sponsors for this meet. Anybody interested in sponsoring will hang your banner up in the gym permanently and we'll hang one up at the meet. Uh, the web launch, watch for it on 717 and watch for my new approach to uh, injury proofing that I'm going to come up with. Awesome. And on your new website, you'll have the store soon? The store will be with the website on 717. What so can we buy in the store? You can buy anything you can think of because I don't have to do inventory anymore. What do you mean? Like clothes? Clothes, like hats? jackets, hats, ah. pants, sweatpants. Um, cool. Vests. Uh, the vests, yeah. The, the, <laughs> this stuff I'll sell. My, I can't. Your Dynamax that collars. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll have to sell that myself. But right. Or you could find the the, uh, the Dynamax collars for hanging chains on Elite FTS. That is correct. They are very good. They're also just good even if you don't need to hang chains if you've got a specialty bar. They're just, they're just good they as a collar. They work good. They, they don't slip off if you're clanging and banging around. No. Five plate deadlift for reps. We'll stay right on there. Keep those plates nice and tight. Correct. Um, All right. Cool. Well, thanks for having me, guys. This was fun. Thank you so much. You're Thank our first you. guest. You Yay. made history. Yeah. You just made it, uh, podcast history. <laughs>
Alright, over and out. Thank you. That went pretty well. Fast. <laughs>